Welcome to the Violon Podcast for Wednesday, April 1st. S&P futures are trading off about 70 points. That's about 2.7%. Europe's major indices are off about 3% in aggregate, and Asia finished in the red across the board. So obviously stocks, uh, you know, so far in Q2 are, are starting things off, um, you know, obviously on a downbeat note. I think a few uh, items are in focus this morning. There wasn't any one single headline that's really causing this. Like, you know, like, I think a few items are at, uh, are at play. So I'll just run through a few of them. Um, you know, end of rebalancing, quote unquote, is is one reason that's being cited by many people um, that thought the late March rally that we saw over the last one and a half weeks was nothing more than just a very ephemeral um, you know, quarter end rebalancing out of out of bonds and stocks to reconcile a little bit the gross discrepancy in performance um, between the two asset classes, treasuries and stocks. Um, and now that the quarter is over, you're seeing that um, you know that that bid in equities end. I think I think that's a little reductive. I think there were a lot of other factors at play that drove the rally, and many of them are still in place. Um, you know, so I really don't think it's it's just rebalancing, and I wouldn't necessarily draw that conclusion just based on a couple of hours of price action so far. So I am, you know, I don't think it's just the end of rebalancing, quote unquote. Um, the coronavirus headlines definitely did turn more somber over the last eighteen hours, starting with Cuomo's press conference midday on Tuesday. Um, you know, where you could argue he had a somewhat optimistic tone over the last several days, and then yesterday. Um, you know, he definitely sounded a bit more discouraged, just given some of the figures coming out of New York. Um, you know, Trump is holding a daily press conference. Um, you know, he's doing this nearly seven days a week, and it seems like he'll do this until the election. Um, normally, these are just nothing more than, um, uh, you know, meaningless events. Uh, but last night they did provide uh, Fauci provided some statistics about kind of what the White House is assuming in terms of their internal forecasts. Um, and and they're looking at about 100 to 200,000 U.S. fatalities, and that's even after very aggressive mitigation measures. Um, and then Trump, you know, Trump certainly warned that the coming weeks, the month of April, it's likely to be um, very negative in terms of, of this being the peak period of, of the coronavirus outbreak as far as case figures, fatalities, et cetera. So the press conference last night at the White House, I don't think really helped either coming off of the Cuomo um, comments midday on Tuesday. And then just in general, the, you know, aggregating all the coronavirus case numbers globally and the FT had this, you know, they do this on a daily basis. Um, you know, you had a pretty big jump in, in case figures up about 20% versus Monday yesterday. Now, a lot of this has to do with the expanded availability of testing. Um, you know, so a lot of countries, especially the U S are becoming much more effective in testing. And so it, you know, a, an increased number of cases, um, is inevitably going to follow that. So I, it's not necessarily that the virus is spreading at this rate. It's more that we're just uncovering where the virus already is. Um, but nonetheless, the you know the coronavirus headlines, like I said, did turn a little bit more somber. Uh, the manufacturing PMIs that you know we got all of them throughout Asia, but keep in mind we had China's numbers out yesterday, and then we get the European flash figures and we get the Japanese flash figures. So. The news from Japan, Europe, and China aren't necessarily new. So we're getting the PMIs out of, uh, you know, the smaller Asian economies. Um, and, and most of them were, you know, most of them were negative. You saw a pretty sharp downtick in March versus February. Um, so that's being cited too. But like I said, I, we, get, we get clarity and color from the world's major economies for March, um, you know, a, a little over a week ago with those flash readings. So it's hard to be too negative based on the trends from these smaller Asian countries. Um, and you know, like I said, the MBS China figures yesterday were positive. You got the Cation China number this morning that was positive. 
And the Taiwan number two, which is very levered to China, obviously, um, was decent too. So you can definitely still make the case that China, which had exited its coronavirus downturn, you know, first in the world, um, is definitely showing some economic improvement. Um, and then just finally, there are a lot of dividend concerns. So at the strong urging of EU and UK bank regulators, you've seen banks now pretty much across Europe, uh, continental Europe and the UK are essentially suspending all capital return, including canceling dividends. You have a few exceptions. Some of the Swiss banks are moving forward. Um, but in general, you're seeing banks kind of just cancel capital returns. So obviously, that's not helping sentiment. You're seeing bank stocks are leading Europe on the downside. The bank index was off about 5% at one point this morning. Um, this isn't too shocking. Like I said, the ECB has come out uh, several days ago uh, on Friday, Friday afternoon, and essentially, um, you know, essentially mandated that all banks kind of halt all capital return. And then UK regulators behind the scenes were essentially um, making the same demands on on uh, the British banks. So, um, you know, there definitely is a concern about capital return globally. Um, and like I've been saying for a while, I do think that you're, you know, this golden age of capital return of, of big buybacks and big dividends is definitely coming to an end. You've seen a ton of companies suspend dividends um, in the U.S. and buybacks are obviously being placed on hold. I don't think U.S. banks will be suspending their dividends. I wrote about this yesterday. I have a link to that piece in the Vital Dawn for a variety of reasons. I don't think the UK, U.S. banks will, although I definitely think U.S. bank payout ratios, which hit a peak in 2019, as um, you know, banks had a lot of excess capital return. I think payout ratios are certainly going to be declining. Um, not to dividend, uh, not to dividends necessarily. It's more going to be on the buyback front that you're going to see um, a big decline. So those are the four kind of factors being cited. I would also just point out too that um, you know the month of April is going to be the peak period in terms of coronavirus cases, fatalities, as well as economic destruction, um, at least domestically. The stimulus bill that passed Friday is certainly going to help certain industries, especially airlines, sustain their payrolls. But you've seen now over the last 72 hours, um, you know, a slew of retailers representing hundreds of thousands of employees for long, pretty much all their workers. Um, so that's obviously going to be showing up in the data. We get the ADP number today. But like I said, I think the, the monthly ADP numbers and then the monthly um, BLS figure on Friday, I think, are less relevant than the weekly jobless claims number that we get tomorrow. I think that's really where you're going to see the immediate fallout on the labor front. So you're going to see, um, you know, a pretty ugly figure uh, tomorrow again um, as all these numbers work through the economy. Um, there's been a lot of talk about a fourth stimulus bill. Trump yesterday morning tweeted out about if he wants it all to be infrastructure. Um, Pelosi wants it, sounds like she wants it all to be kind of state and local government aid, including possibly bringing back the SALT deduction. Um, you know, I think that you very well could see another stimulus bill, although it probably will not be until May. I think Congress is waiting to see how everything plays out, to see how the third stimulus bill gets dispersed. The small business loan application process starts on Friday, um, and they are saying how they could be dispersing that money as soon as you know 24 or 48 hours to companies that are applying. We still don't know the specifics yet on how airlines will be obtaining money from that stimulus bill. So I think Congress will just be watching to see how that one unfolds. Um, you know, there definitely is not an appetite just yet to kind of move forward with another trillion or two trillion dollar um, you know stimulus package given that you've just passed essentially two and a half trillion worth of stimulus. Um, so that's, you know, that's, I think the main, the main themes, 
There were there was one positive headline on oil at 4:30. So Bloomberg has an article. The initial headline flash crossed at 4:30. The full article hit at about 5 a.m., saying uh, implying that Russia is essentially kind of backing out of this war with Saudi Arabia, saying that Russia is not going to move forward with higher output given the um, supply demand dynamics. Trump also during the press conference last night hinted that he could hold a, a could hold talks uh, with Saudi Arabia and Russia all together. Um, discussing oil. I, I don't, you know, I think the Russia headline is encouraging on Bloomberg. Um, but I think until we see kind of formal announcements from Russia and Saudi Arabia, I would take it all with a grain of salt. Um, you know, you still have a very, very, very bleak supply demand backdrop in crude. Um, you know, crude demand has collapsed because of the coronavirus. And then, you know, like I said, you really have not seen, um, Saudi Arabia, I think, is going to be the key player in all this. It's going to be up to Saudi Arabia to relent and make a formal announcement about how they are kind of reforming the OPEC Plus alliance, and they'll they'll be discussing collectively, um, you know, an output solution. I don't think you're really going to see a meaningful shift on supply from all the headlines about Texas and U.S. producers um, getting together to reduce output. I think it's all going to be incumbent on Saudi Arabia. Um, so I think stay tuned on that front. Um, I sent around the monthly piece for March yesterday. Just, you know, obviously it was an extraordinarily busy month. It felt like six months packed into one. Um, a huge amount of stimulus, a huge amount of coronavirus news, um, you know, the initial signs of an economic collapse, um, all packed into one month. Uh, like I said before, I put out a piece on on bank dividends. Um, nothing too major on uh, the U.S. company specific front last night. Um, there were an inter- a couple of interesting articles. One in the New York Times is talking about how um, about 40% of New York City residents probably will not be paying rent today for the month of April. Um, so that's definitely, you know, the real estate fallout from all this is certainly uh, something that you're going to see more of. You obviously saw Cheesecake Factory said that last week they're not going to be paying their April rents. You've seen a few other restaurant companies talk about also not paying April rents. Um, so the real estate angle is definitely going to be something to watch. For the calendar today, um, it's mostly just economic data. So you get the ADP jobs report at 8.15, the U.S. manufacturing ISM at 10. Um, and that's essentially it. Nothing too major on the earnings front. Although, like I said, this is probably going to be a very busy period for kind of pre-announcements and companies giving a little bit more specificity around how Q1 is unfolding. Um, just for the broader tape, I still I still kind of think that you can get up above 2,700 um, although I do think the, f- the focus is shifting from stimulus. So I think stimulus has been a huge theme um, for the latter part of March, where you had an unprecedented amount of stimulus announced globally. That certainly helped, and it's going to continue to help stocks. But to get above 2,800, I think it's all going to be, um, that's going to come down to science. So it's going to come down to watching the uh, transmission figures, the new case numbers every day, hospitalization rates, fatalities, et cetera. And then also watching uh, some of the uh, you know therapeutics that are in trials now. So the Regeneron and Gilead clinical data that's due at, at the end of April, I think, will be very important. Um, obviously, if those are effective, that will be a big positive. So you know uh, we can get above twenty seven hundred on stimulus, but I think to get above twenty eight hundred, it's going to be much more on on the science front and just you know watching the um, you know the, how the coronavirus unfolds over the next several weeks. So that is it for today. Thank you everyone for listening.